1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
2: Sonny Milano scores twice, including the game winner on a power play in overtime. Anaheim Ducks 4, Edmonton Oilers 3 is the final. Three Edmonton Oilers debut tonight. A goal and an assist for Tyler Ennis. A goal and an assist for Andreas Athanasiu. And Mike Green on defense plays just under 13 minutes, winds up minus one in this game. Thanks a lot for joining us. Three minutes before 11, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. The Oilers were behind. For most of this game, they trailed 2-0, eventually tied it, Anaheim went ahead again, the Oilers tied it again, and then McDavid called for tripping in overtime, and the Ducks finish it off on the 4-on-3 power play. Really, Rob, when I look at this game, and it ends in overtime, and we often talk about what happens at the end of the game, but I I just think, you know, pretty much a terrible first period was the biggest difference. Uh, A terrible first period by Edmonton, to me, is the biggest difference.
3: It it was. It put the Oilers in chase mode. Uh, I mean, eventually... They do catch up, but, you know, you expend a lot of energy. And then you have to play perfect hockey because you spotted the Anaheim Ducks a 2 nothing lead and actually could have been worst. I mean, there was a 3-0. They had a couple other really good chances. They dominated the first period. The Oilers look sloppy in the first 20 minutes. Uh, I know that there's some new line combinations and sometimes things don't click, but a lot of the turnovers were in their own zone. And just losing races, looting, losing battles, sometimes you get a little overconfident against teams that... Uh, on paper you should beat and it looked like that through the first 20 minutes
2: on the positive side I, I mentioned both Ennis and Athanasio get a goal and an assist and I'm going to start with Ennis though because I thought even in that first period he was the one oiler that, that stood out and seemed to have some energy and have, have his feet moving I thought Tyler Ennis was very good all night tonight
3: I, I thought he was the best player in the game on both teams he looked a guy, like a player that was a, desperate to make a good impression, to keep a career alive, and excited to be playing. Uh, a, I mean, he's playing with his hometown team. He's playing on the the number one line with the number one player in the world, and he's playing on a team that has a chance to, to win a division. He looked rejuvenated. He was moving his feet. He was creating plays. Uh, he, very talented young player, and he's finally getting an opportunity to play in a pretty... Uh, you know, pronounced role on this team. So he was, you're right, he was the best player in the first period and I thought he was the best p- player throughout the entire night.
2: Athanasio winding up with two points as well. The, the goal he scored was the puck somehow wiggled its way through Gibson and all the Anaheim players thought he had it. The referee was aware the puck was still loose, as was Athanasio. It was about a two-inch shot to, to tap it in behind the goaltender. I, I don't know if we saw him get to unleash that blazing speed that he is well-known for, but I, I thought he seemed more comfortable as the game went on
3: i thought he got better i thought in the first period he looked a little off and i think there's pressure coming in new team a lot of it's it's a difficult transition sometimes when you go to a whole new group of players but as the game got going he got better and what you like about the goal he scored and again if that was a, a golf putt it was a it was a gimme you pick it up you don't even put it in the net it was that close to the goal line but he stopped in front of the net and he was watching the play and a lot of times, and most people are guilty, Manson was guilty of it, and most players are, that was an easy play. That, that, that puck never should have got to where it was. That should have been covered, and you kind of relax. But Double-A was looking at that area. He was prepared that if the puck did bounce free for some weird reason, he was going to get to it first, and he did, but he played well. It, it was that line, well, I mean, it carried the Oilers. It gave them an opportunity to get a point tonight. So the two new guys up front, the Oilers fans got to be pretty excited What they saw in the first game
2: We'll give Athena see you the fourth star tonight Courtesy West Point of Windermere A private estate lot only community Just off Terwilliger Drive Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca Tyler Ennis picked as the third star Josh Manson who played a ton tonight 26 minutes and 2 seconds Is the second star And with 2 goals including the game winner Sonny Milano is the first star The Oilers are injury riddled uh, Kyler Yamamoto the latest player to go out He is out week to week with an ankle injury you know ken Holland saying hopefully it's it's more in the two to three week range than longer we'll see but i mean they missed him there i mean he's a point a game in 21 games but they they definitely missed them tonight
3: they did and and as you saw dave tippett understood it too is they started with archibald playing with leon and rnh and eventually went to chase on uh yamamona a big part of that line now i don't expect that line to be off again tomorrow night they did have a one-off tonight and yamamoto is an important part of this team it, just the energy he brings you know we saw well if good example ennis on the first line playing with mcdavid every time he was on he had that energy about him and as leon talks about yamamoto it's contagious well tonight the the, the oilers second line the leon drives to the line wasn't as energetic as we've seen in the past and Yam- not having Yamamoto was a big part of it.
2: So 4 3, the Oilers lose in overtime. They have to settle for a single point. They are 33 22 and 8 on the season. 19 games to go. They are third in the Pacific Division. Both the Oilers and Vancouver have 74 points. The Canucks with a game in hand, so they get placed higher. Vegas has played 64 games, one more than Edmonton. They have 76 points. The Oilers will play Vegas tomorrow night. The Golden Knights have won six in a row. The Oilers are 6-0 and in the second half of back-to-back, so something will end there tomorrow night. Uh, we'll get a little bit more post-game reaction as we go along. Uh, just seeing some uh, quotes from Twitter, it sounds like Dave Tippett didn't like the penalty call on McDavid in overtime.
3: Well, I'm sure he didn't. Uh, to me, I mean, you and I are watching, we're, we're like... I mean, the ref was 12 feet away. We we're about 2,000 kilometers away. And as soon as it happened, we both said, there's a penalty. Um, th- th- honestly, there was a lot of soft calls. The-, the Getzlaff penalty on McDavid and where he was, McDavid was coming out of his own zone, that was a soft call. The one in overtime, a soft call. The problem in overtime, when you when someone goes down, if you don't make the call, all of a sudden it's, it's an odd man break because the guy's down, it's three on three. There's so much open ice. Most refs err on the side of caution. McDavid's stick was across the waist. But you and I have seen the replay, and it looked like...
2: When you slow it down.
3: When you slow it down, it looks like he was already falling. And McDavid's stick just happened to be there. But as soon as you put your stick in that area, you're just begging the referee to make a call. And unfortunately for the Oilers tonight, he did. And as we talked to Alan May yesterday from Washington, a four-on-three power play to me is the best power play you can have. And when you get one in overtime, you usually see the game end. So it's unfortunate for the Oilers. They battle back all night long, penalty and overtime. Eventually, they lose one of the extra points.
2: All right, 4-3, the Oilers fall. Connor McDavid, three assists. Here he is. After your first game with your, your two new line mates.
4: Yeah, I thought they were great. Um, you know, they made plays all night. Um, you know, big play at the end there by Enzo, And um, had a good job by A to, to hang out there and, and, uh, and bang it
5: in. So, um, yeah, I thought they were good. Um, I, I really like playing with them. I think a lot of people uh, criticize the fact you don't get more penalty calls than you do. Is it frustrating to have kind of a ticky-tack minor in overtime?
4: Yeah, it is frustrating. Um, you know, but I'm never going to rip on the officials. Um, you know, they have a tough job. I gave them the opportunity to make the call. Um, you know, maybe a little bit uh, poor defense, but I mean that's a play that happens all the time in the corner. Um, he goes down pretty easy. Um, like you said pretty ticky tacky and overtime and that's the game but um, you know, I, I try not to criticize the officials um, they have a tough job and, and the game's fast but um, I'd prefer them not to make that call um, you know especially just uh, just because there's no there's no chance out coming out of it there's no there's no nothing it's a nothing play so um, it is what it is and, and uh, we've got to move on but um, yeah
5: We'll criticized the team for its start that they had, came out slow out of the gate, but do you see some solace or some positive in squandering a point out of this after being down two?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously not a good enough start. Um, just weren't ready to go. Um, you know, a couple new faces in the lineup, not sure what it was, but um, I liked our our, our, uh, our will to battle back. They um, made it 2-2 and you know, we even gave them one to make it 3-2 and, and we found another way to, to battle back. So, you know, it's a big point for us. Um, you know, but a big Big two points tomorrow night uh, are up for grabs against a you know, good Vegas team. A thought on playing Vegas tomorrow? That turns into a pretty big hockey game tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a really big hockey game. All, all, all hockey games are big right now for us um, and the whole Pacific division. So it's a tight race. Um, you know, tomorrow's a big
5: one. Connor, obviously, with two new alignments, maybe describe the feeling out process. Is it just going out there and playing, or is there a lot of communication on the bench in between periods?
4: Yeah, we, we just said going in, we'll stock lots. Um, I'll just try to play our game and keep it simple. Um, you know it sounds cliche, but um, you know when when you meet the guy and, and have to play play with uh, with you know two new players for all of us, um, you know in the, in the same day, it's it can be tough. Um, I thought we did a good job of just going out there and, and trying to keep it simple, and um, we found a way to get two, which is which is big, and um, you we'll know, build off that. Love has to be with you three guys. Like it's a fast line. Is that? You know, how do you, other than just being faster than the other team? How do you use that to your advantage? It's, it's probably the fastest line I've ever played on for sure. Um, you know, it's it was fun tonight. Um, you know, fun to play with those two guys. They're both both very skilled and, and offensive, and um, you know, work hard. So um, I like the potential that line has, and um, you know, something to build off for sure.
2: All right, that's Connor McDavid. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Ducks. McDavid with three assists tonight. The Oilers' goal scorers were Ennis Dreisaitl on a power play and then Athanasiou. And, uh, yeah, you, t- you talked about the speed of the line. And, actually, Ennis, to me, looked even quicker than I thought he would be. I mean, that take to the net on what turned out to be the Athanasiou goal, that was a really good play.
3: It was. Well, you saw how quick he was going by because the Anaheim Duck defenseman dove and even diving never got far enough as Ennis went right around him. A couple points that Connor made in there that were really, uh, you think about it, he talked about the penalty ticky-tack, but he said, I gave the ref the chance to call it by being poor defensive side and using my stick across. He goes, again, it it didn't need to be called. He went down soft, but he gave the ref the chance to make the call. And the other one that I didn't even think about till he said it was three guys that were on that line today three different organizations it's almost like when you go to an all-star game and they put you with line mates that you've never played before normally when there's a trade or something usually there's two guys that always play together and you bring a new guy in today uh, with yamamoto out of the lineup archibald played with leon and rnh who play together all the time but you just brought in three guys three different organizations and they met each other in the morning and said all right uh, let's just go on and, and do our thing tonight and it sometimes takes a while to make have chemistry, to know where he wants the puck. Do you want it on your backhand? Do you want it on your forehand? Where do you dart? When you come to the blue line? Do you come to the middle? Do you go wide? All those little things, there was a feeling out period through the first 20 minutes. But in the final 40 minutes, they seemed to understand what each other needed and they complemented each other very well.
2: Both teams 1-3 for three on the power play. The final shots were 32-21 for the Oilers. In the second and third combined, Edmonton outshot Anaheim 13-9 and uh, outscored the Ducks 3-1 on those two periods. But as Rob and I mentioned, just a, just a bad first period for the Oilers. They fell behind 2-0. Shots were 3-2 for the Oilers in overtime. Drysdale had a couple of hacks in tight about 25 seconds into overtime bear fed the puck down low and uh, dry got a tip went for the rebound and gibson kept it out
3: yeah it was a nice play by bear i mean the oilers went back to leon and connor on the the starting lineup in overtime they'd gotten away from that a little bit uh tonight it was bear that got the start with him and bear made a really nice play he got the puck he saw mcdave excuse me he saw leon in front of the net leon gets the first tip and then standing by himself tries to put it around Gibson wasn't able to and unfortunately the penalty followed not too long after that and that took away the others chances but uh, Leon did have some chances he had the goal wasn't as sharp Rnh wasn't as sharp as we've seen in the past but I would expect tomorrow night in Vegas, you're going to see both teams at their best, which to me makes for a very exciting night.
2: 75 bucks to 6.30 Chat Santa's Anonymous from Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They give $25 for every goal throughout the season to 6.30 Chad Santa's Anonymous. 4-3 Ducks win in overtime. Back to Anaheim, Edmonton head coach Dave Tippett.
4: Maybe not fair to start with the, the penalty there, but you know, Connor kind of felt it was one of those that a lot of times does.
1: Get called, but I wonder your assessment on it. Well, my assessment on it is if that was a call, there probably should have been about six on Connor like that in the game, right? So to get to get it in overtime, I, I thought it was a soft call, but that's you know it's it's the thing that's frustrating about that is is there is so many like that on Connor through the neutral zone and on chances that don't get called and then you see that one calls So It is what it is. That's that wasn't the determining factor in the game. We didn't play very well. We got better as the game went on, but the first period was poor for our group. We just got outworked and uh, didn't compete hard enough and. Uh, probably, probably just kind of looking around to see how things were going to go instead of doing. And we got behind and we come back, got a point, but uh, frustrating. We uh, I'd like to see us to play. I'd like to see us play 60 minutes tomorrow night.
5: Of course, there's going to be some feeling out process with some new players, especially on the top line. But is there a little bit of solace and positives that you can squander a point out of this heading into Vegas tomorrow?
1: Well, we're not in a position where we should be squandering. We should be playing well and getting points, you know. So that's that's the frustrating part. And uh, and you know, I, I understand there's going to be some, you know, there's a feeling-out process of where everybody's going to fit. But that being said, you can still control your you control your uh, compete and how hard you work. And uh, in the first period, we just got to work. So those those are easy ones to uh, to fix. And uh, you know, we we need to. Hey, we're going to be a good playoff team. You got to be able to start on time. That's that's where it is. Assessment of Ennis and Athanasia, Apart from the fact they obviously kind of point on the corner. You know what? I thought both of them got better as the game went on. They were, you know, they were like the rest of our team. Uh, uh, Ennis, I thought real good, real good jump. But they're both kind of feeling their way in. Like I said, it's going to take a take a couple games to uh, to get in and get comfortable with things. So we'll. Uh, We'll continue to push them along, but it's good to see when they're new guys coming in. They they want to contribute a little bit, so they each get a goal. They each feel like they contribute. Um, You know, Green was solid back there, so it's it's a good start for them. That being said, our whole team as a group we have to we have to start. we have to compete hard right from the drop you of the puck. that in the morning, though, you, you said, okay, we got new pieces here, but the message is, okay, let's get back to work. Yeah, so yeah. were they not listening in the first period? Or what? Yeah, they were watching in the first period, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, it's just we we, we got to continue to get better.
5: That's the way it is. You use Mike Green on the PK with Larson in the box. Is he uh, possibly going to be your number five defenseman in, in that role? Possibly, he's played
1: a lot of penalty kill. You know, there's uh, depending how it goes here, but uh, he's he's a smart player. He he adjusts the situations. He's done a lot of penalty killing over his years. So he's uh, you know he's a guy that will will get some time there for sure. That one nothing goal, he was kind of on the spot a little bit, but was that just sort of a whole line problem? That was that was in the corner was. uh, Turned it over once, and then turned it over again, and then uh, I think he thought the guy was going to pass it, and it just got poked loose, and he was going to the guy he thought it was going to. So that was uh, not on an any one guy. That was a that was a uh, cluster in the in the, the start, kind of the epitome of our first period.
2: All right, well, that's uh, Dave Tippett, head coach of the Oilers, and uh, he nailed that bad first period. They'll need to start better tomorrow against Vegas. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts to see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that uh, that was probably one of the worst periods. Uh, of the year for the Oilers who have actually been I mean Jack brings it up a lot the, they're actually the highest scoring first period team in the NHL so I mean you you can't say they aren't a quick starting team but t- uh, tonight they were bad uh Tippett said you know didn't like the penalty call uh in overtime but probably shouldn't have got down to that I mean if you play better in the first period like you did against Los Angeles the other night you're you're not going there and I and I think I mean that calls over and done with I think now you're saying these little things so you get maybe get the next call
3: it's true Uh, I mean and you just can't put your stick in the the waste area it just gives the referee the opportunity to make the call because you didn't need to there there was no scoring chance there Uh, it was a a nothing play Uh, I mean Connor doesn't need to with his speed he can catch anyone doesn't need to put his stick somewhere and uh, was it soft absolutely but the referee has the opportunity to make a call because the stick was there and Unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, tonight the referee made that call. So, But if you talk about it, you mention it, refs listen, leagues listen. Hopefully at some point you'll get a call going your way.
2: All right, 4-3 Anaheim wins in overtime. You can get us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. You'll hear from Tyler Ennis in a few minutes. Pretty good debut for him. We have Skipper on line one. Go ahead, Skipper.
6: Hey, guys. Thank, thank you so much for having me on the show. And let me start out by saying... Um, couldn't be happier with the start from Andreas, Anthony, to and see Ennis tonight. I couldn't be happier with both the trades. Um, however, on another note, Jujar Kera out there has got to be kidding me. Like, how are we even still playing this guy? We have a two-on-one in the third period, and he can't even hit the net. Darnell Nurse has been subpar all year, and I really don't understand why he's built up so much. And he walked into Roger's place. His face is all over the place. I think we pumped this guy up too much, and now he thinks he's better than he is.
2: Well, he's had a tough year, Skipper, for sure. I I mean, they don't have have anybody else to go in right now. I think he
3: was talking about Darnell Nurse the second half. I think he was talking about Jujar Kara first, and then I think he talked about Darnell Nurse. Oh, sorry,
6: Skipper, is that what you meant? Yeah, absolutely, and I mean personally, I was at the game and I watched them miss three point blank open nets like two games ago. This was Nurse, and I really think we're only as strong as our weakest link right now.
3: Darnell Nurse is not the weakest link for the Edmonton Oilers on defense. Far from. I'm
6: sorry, but I'd have to disagree. Well, so.
3: then yeah, I gotta be honest with you. Then you talk to anyone in hockey, Darnell. You're not gonna compare him to the bottom four defensemen for the Edmonton Oilers. He is so much better than them. Is he a number one pairing defenseman? Probably not. That would be Clef But Darnell Nurse, there's no comparison between the bottom four defensemen on the Edmonton Oilers playing tonight. And as far as pumping them up, everybody's pitchers up in the Edmonton Oilers arena. They do not have one. The only players that would be up there a little bit more would be Connor and Leon, and they should absolutely be. I don't think his head is so big because he sees his pitcher in Rogers Arena. Darnell Nurse has his warts, he certainly does. But if you were to move Darnell Nurse, you'd be looking for a defenseman that can do what Darnell Nurse does.
6: Be on the ice for many goals.
3: Well, if you want to go that way, I mean, Oscar Kleffbaum has been on the most goals against on the Edmonton Oilers defensively. Uh, I just, we I'll can't disagree with that because we got stats to show him, that. Uh, I mean that—that's the, the fact. And what's 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 Oscar Clefbaum's plus minus? He's in minus
2: 15-ish or something like that. Uh, I gotta check here. What's their no well, mean, It doesn't matter. No, I, know, but, I know what point you're making. Uh, There's a, here's a, here's the thing, Skipper. A nurse is—he's gonna have to play a little more with Kleffbaum out. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it's I a, again, it's not that he's either perfect or he's crap,
6: you know? No, I'm not saying that. I just think that you know maybe we're in a spot right now where. Uh, we we need to play him more, but I think once we get these guys back, I think there, there definitely needs to be a decrease in ice time. Well, well,
2: it, well there will there be, will but it, will but, be. But again, I'll ask you this, and look, we, again, we recognize like Nurse is a good skater. He yep. can play a rugged game, and I've said it. I have said this for several years. Darnell Nurse is a loud player. When he makes a good play, it's, it can be spectacular. When Good he makes up. a mistake, sometimes it's, it's a really bad one. He didn't have a great game tonight, and I think there's a few guys in that category. But we've now had three experienced coaches, Tippett, Hitchcock, and McClellan. When Clefbaum's been out, they've all turned to Nurse to give more ice time. So either they're all idiots and don't understand Darnell Nurse, or maybe that's how he's perceived by a lot of coaches.
6: Yeah. What do you guys think about Jujar Kara? He's having to a, a bad year. year. He's
3: having a bad year, and if everyone was healthy, Jujar Kara wouldn't be in the lineup.
2: Thanks, Skipper. Appreciate it. Do you think he's in the league next year? Yes. Yes. He may not be an Oiler. Okay, thank you. 7804960063. Oilers lose 4 3 in overtime to the Ducks. Whenever Edmonton gets to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630CHED.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. At Japanese Village, A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses at Japanese Village. Ethan Bear was uh, on the power play tonight, uh, ahead of Nurse, and he made some good plays.
3: He did. Uh, to me, I'm still surprised that we didn't see Mike Green on the first power play or the second power play unit, for that matter. Uh, I think that's something that he can excel at. But Bear made some nice plays. And on the goal that Leon Dreisaitl scored, Bear made two really good plays keeping the puck in. First, he uh, Anaheim was trying to clear it. He grabbed it, put it down, kept the play alive. And then just before the goal, McDavid gave him a, a bit of a hand grenade type of pass. McDavid was under pressure, put it to an area. The puck was bouncing, and Bear had to settle it down with a player coming at him, and he kept the puck in. So Bear, Bear continues to impress and continues to get better. Uh, he did make one uh, ill-conceived play tonight in his own end. We don't see those very often out of Ethan Bear, but tonight we saw a lot from a number of players in the first 20 minutes but yeah Ethan Bear again playing huge minutes with Clefbaum out of the lineup and excelling most nights
2: 4-3 Ducks win in overtime and you're right about that first period i mean Shane, uh, like Shane might have turned the puck over more times tonight than he has in the last 3 weeks you know and again we're like it was it was a team thing with this a couple of his plays stood out to me they, they just were not in it at all in the first period mentally or physically
3: well the one reporter I don't know which one it was asked the question about the first goal and talked about green taking the wrong guy but Dave Tippett said at best I mean there was four guys that made mistakes on that goal
2: and eventually turned... well and that started a minute earlier yeah. like Leon lost the puck inside his own blue line he lost it they get hemmed in they cleared it Le- only one guy changes Lagesson, he makes a ill-advised play
3: then shea and passed it right to uh, sunny milano and then green and this, the reason he he's taking the most blame is because you could see him he skated right away from the net too. It looked like he was going after Getzlaff, and the puck was going the other way, and Milano was going at it. So there were four mistakes that happened on that play that created the goal against. Uh, Green only played uh, just over about 12 minutes tonight. Was I, was I was expecting to see him a little bit more. He did make a really nice outlet pass early in the game. I think he sprung McDavid on on a partial break. Uh, it'd be I would imagine we're going to see more and more of Mike Green moving forward. The one question was was asked earlier too I think Jack asked Bob do you see Benning in the game tomorrow and like I said at times struggled early in the game as well it's just and, and Bob and Jack talked about it the lefty righty thing they believe that Tippett likes lefty righty and if Benning was in the lineup that means one of the parents would have to be righty righty so it'll be interesting to see tomorrow night if Benning is still out and if Green gets any more ice time playing against one of the top
2: teams in the Western Conference. Uh, Chuck asking on the text line when Cassian's back. He's back Saturday. So he's got one he's more got game. he one game left. He misses tomorrow. He plays Saturday against the Jets. Uh, or I guess he's eligible to play. I don't see why they
3: wouldn't play him. Yeah, and I mean, a, a silly play by Cassian with the kicking motion has cost him and the Oilers seven games. And it's it's too bad because uh, the Oilers need, need his abrasiveness, need his speed. Uh, They just frankly need him in the lineup.
2: All right, we have Jordan on line
7: two. Go ahead, Jordan. Hey, guys, uh, a couple quick uh, comments and questions. First of all, just kind of dovetailing off the last caller there. uh, I'm wondering if we're starting to see, not that the rookies have been bad, especially Bears has just been lights out. I don't count him a rookie anymore. He's part of this team. But talking Lagus and Jones and and Nurse playing more minutes, is that starting to show it's kind of, um, it's where on the team because they've been they played well for a stretch, but definitely they're playing more minutes than any of them ever been used to. Um, and then as a follow-up, do you guys ever remember a line kind of being formed so quickly? Uh, two acquisitions forwards having the night they did, um, and they could have had more.
3: Um, it's funny, and, and I go back to what Connor McDavid said after the game, talking about three guys from d- three different organizations meeting in the morning and playing. I I I'd, I'd be hard pressed to to remember a time where. A line his form like that as I said usually there's uh, a new guy will come in and he'll jump on a line with two guys that have played together a guy gets called up from the minors he'll jump on a line with two guys that have played together but for I mean today we had a line with a, a, an Ottawa senator a Detroit Red Wing and an Edmonton oiler who met at morning skate this morning and they said okay you're a line tonight and it took them about 20 minutes to, to figure it out uh, but they did. I mean, to me, it'd be easy to figure out, give it to Connor and get open, and then we'll, we'll be okay that way. But yeah, it, it was interesting. Uh, as for any time a top player goes out and people get elevated minutes, whether they're a veteran, a rookie, uh, or a middle guy, uh, guys are hard-pressed to keep up a certain level just because they're not used to it. Um, Jones spent part of the year in the minors. Then he was a third-pairing defenseman. Now he's having to play... More minutes. Played 18 tonight. Yeah, so now he's playing in second pairing. I think
2: he's been okay. He's
3: though. been good. No, I, I think he's he's gotten better. He's become more confident. He simplifies his game. Having said that, when you play, when you move up in the lineup, you're playing against better competition. Because when you're the third pairing is usually sheltered. They're usually playing against the other team's third or fourth lines. They usually get the the face offs in an area that's not going to cause problems if you lose the draw. Moving up, all of a sudden, you're playing against the other team's better players. So there, there usually is an adjustment period. Uh, to me, the they look fine.
2: They they do now. No Lageson's not. I, he'll be the guy that comes out. Well, yeah,
3: eventually. and I, I don't think Laguson is uh, a true regular in the National no, Hockey League yet. No, but he's been forced into because of injuries. Two left-handed defensemen are out, Russell and Cluthbaum. So that that certainly has pushed him into a role that he's not used to. Uh, a couple mistakes tonight, but all in all. Uh, we've seen players called up in the past from the minors that look completely out to lunch. I don't think he's, he's looked that. I think he just needs a little more polish. And uh, eventually when the others get their healthy players back, he will be much further down the depth chart.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like Nurse played 25 and a half. I mean, that's usually what Klefbom plays. Mm-hmm. And Nurse plays around 20. And then, I mean, uh, Nurse played 28 last game, yeah. which is about eight
3: minutes more than he he should be playing. Yeah, and
2: I mean Jones at 18, maybe you know if he plays 14 or 15, that that's a little better. So they, they got to spread it around a little bit differently with uh, with clef bomb out, but they're gonna miss him for another few games.
3: Well, they're missing their best defenseman, and and it's tough. You guys have to play in positions or not. I mean, Nurse is being thrown on the power play. He wouldn't be on the power play. Ethan Bear is getting power play time. He's not normally on the power play. You're filling minutes, and Clefbaum plays in all situations. So uh, when the, the good part about this is when the Oilers get healthy, they'll have had a lot of players play in situations they're not used to playing in, and now you're judging them. Now you're seeing what they're capable of doing. So now when you get into the playoffs, if someone goes down, well, I remember when Clefbaum was out, Bear was able to do this. He wasn't capable of this. Jones could do this. He couldn't do that. So you're getting a... It's kind of like an exhibition season with these players because they're getting to show what they're capable of doing when a player is out of the lineup.
2: Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Ducks. They trailed 2-0 after the first. Ennis scored in the second. Dreisaitl tied it early in the third on the power play. Enrique put the Ducks back ahead. Athanasio came back three minutes later with a goal and then Milano on the power play in overtime to win it. Tyler Ennis, pretty good
4: debut for the Edmonton Oilers. Here he is. A slow start. I was a little rusty, but uh, I think as a as a unit, we got better as the game went on. And um, you know, these things take a little time to gel and stuff. But for the first game, I thought uh, we did some good things.
7: Who's the fastest guy on that line?
4: I don't know. It's a uh, it's a pretty speedy couple wingers uh, and the centerman. I got um, you know Connor and Double A are so fast. Uh, I think uh, I'm just trying to get it to those guys and and work hard.
6: How does it feel for you? You've been having the guy your whole life. You pull the uniform on, you score a goal.
4: What's that like? It was special. Um, it felt good. Uh, again, though, uh, my focus was just on playing hard and, and, and competing and, and getting the rust off because, like I said, I hadn't played in, in a little bit. So... Um, Yeah, but uh, definitely it was uh, fun to
0: score. Maybe
5: describe the situation. Obviously a new environment, new atmosphere, yet the points are so valuable for you guys. For you guys to pick up one point and maybe leave one on the board, maybe describe what that whole experience is like for you.
4: Yeah, we talked about it. I don't think we started uh, good enough tonight, but it's good to get uh, a point. But uh, this time of the year, you you need two. So we're going to have to have a better start and a better game tomorrow.
2: All right, that's Tyler Ennis gets a goal and an assist. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Anaheim Ducks. We have Sean on line three. Go ahead, Sean.
7: Hey, Reed. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having me today. Uh, the reason I called is I had a few things to ask. First, I'd start with, what would you grade Tippett's coaching today? And you know what? We had a few callers mention having those guys play with McDavid earlier. So, What I'll ask you instead is, like, you know, we have leagues like the NBA that really treat their stars well and is known more as, like, a player's league. Mm -hmm. So what can we do to improve that and kind of, like, reduce player abuse and have players healthier? Sorry, for your first question, do you mean
2: how Tippett coached today's game or how he's coached the season?
7: No, today's game, just playing those guys with Connor McDavid.
2: Oh, that, okay, that specifically.
7: Um, Well,
3: it seemed to work because that line was by far the best line for the Oilers tonight. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I thought, uh, I mean, I I thought Dave Tippett has done a very good job this year. Um, With the amount of injuries the team has had, with the expectations that the team has had to have them tomorrow night in a game where they, if they win, they're in first place in their division, I think Tippett's done a great job. As Mm -hmm. for the league, I don't i don't think it, there's an abuse of the players because i don't see star players getting manhandled a lot i think there's uh, a little sometimes the better players don't always get the benefit of the call and we see that a lot with Connor mcdavid uh, almost every time he skates up the ice he could probably make a call on the opposition because the only way and, and i played and i played against guys faster than me you cheat you try to mm-hmm. grab a sweater you try to get your stick on him something to slow him down because you know that if it's a foot race you're going to lose And if the refs call every one of them, there'd be a lot of penalties. Now, if you go by the book, there should be more power plays in the Edmonton Oilers' favour. And I think that's what was frustrating tonight for both Tippett and Connor McDavid. Was it a, should it have been a penalty? Probably. But that is something that probably Connor McDavid, we probably would have had five or six more power plays in the game if they would have called all of those. And for it to happen at a big moment in overtime is frustrating to to both the player and the coach. So uh, I think there have been rule changes in the National League that help skilled players. It is not as physical a league as it used to be. It's not as dirty a league as it used to be. But there are still times where you think, okay, come on, how is that not a penalty?
2: Brett Hall about 25 years ago the league had better wake up it's disappointing for the game people better start watching and figure it out it's embarrassing how can they let the game be like that it's a hooking and holding fest there's no chance to do anything like that (laughs) I mean I think you know and Bob has made this point too well not just Bob but just in general discussions with a a lot of people but I remember Bob and I were talking about it uh, earlier this season hockey is the whole mentality of hockey is that you have to battle you have to prove how how tough you are. There there are going to be obstacles. You got f- you gotta fight through it. You can't rely on on referees to to help you. You got you gotta prove you're a sturdy mm-hmm. sturdy hockey player. And and I th- I I think that has existed for a long time. And again, I'm reading stuff from Brett Hall. I mean, Mario mm-hmm. complained about stuff at times. Gretzky complained about stuff at times.
7: Yeah, I think you know what that that's very true, but in a way the game is changing also like it's much faster it is gritty right but it's less gritty than it used to be
3: mm,
7: yeah it certainly gritty, you know like uh i don't know if gritty is the right term but you know it's a really skill-based game now right and a lot of players that like you sur- survive in today's game maybe didn't survive in you know the game 10 15 maybe 20 years ago right no
3: you're absolutely right yeah, but the thing that always makes me giggle as i watch a game tonight and some of the penalties are called the the get slap penalty on mcdavid was the exact same penalty that mcdavid got both of them neither of them should have been called to me they were uh, both ticky-tack but then you get to the playoffs and you'll have guys jumping and throwing flying elbows but if there's no blood there's no penalty So they, I mean, it's a completely different refereed game come playoff time which all of a sudden you need certain players in your lineup and actually, there is funny. Uh, a texter wrote in something about uh, the lines that we have tonight. Did Cassian's silly kicking motion take him off Connor McDavid's line? Because if that line tomorrow night in Vegas has another great night, all of a sudden, where does Cassian go when he comes back? So
2: yeah, that's a good point, Sean. Do you want to finish the play?
7: You know I do, but I have one more thing to say. Actually, I. Um I want to give a shout-out to my girlfriend. She's listening on the line right now. She thanks so much, Celebrity, for being on 630, Ted. So I thank you guys for taking the call. Oh, what's your and girlfriend's name? To, her name is Inder. Inder? Inder, yes, that's correct.
2: Well, uh... Hello, Ender. Tell her we love her. No, yeah, we can't you know say what? that that's his girlfriend. Her. I love her, too. We can platon- so he loves her romantically. We can love her platonically, and as we love listeners and appreciate them for listening.
3: Yeah, well, thanks for both of you calling tonight. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sean, I'm going to put you on hold here. Uh, you already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport Parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code jet Ducks move in from the corner, battling a Sam Steele, taken off a stick by McDavid. Three on two, Edmonton left to right. McDavid feeds half to see CEO in front. Beautiful chip by Tyler Ennis, and Edmonton's on the board. The newly formed right, John, line, So Ennis gets a goal. What team drafted Tyler Ennis in the first round in 2008? Vancouver
7: or Buffalo? Buffalo. He didn't even need to ask his girlfriend. Sean, yeah. you're a smart no, man. I'm a passionate hockey fan, that's no question. Yeah. You yeah. know, I had a friend who played with Tyler Ennis. His name was uh, Jeff Reinprecht, so I've known Tyler Ennis about him for a long time. So Oh good. Nice to have him
2: home, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Okay, stay on the line, Sean, because we got to get your info for the prize here because your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe Adrenaline Pumping Fund, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime. You'll hear from A when we get back. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford.
5: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
6: Right side, Sonny Milano dropped it off for a Centering
7: pass, tipped, what a save made by Mike Smith. He saves the game against Delzato, who was busting down the seam.
2: Smith read the, where the puck was going. Minute 33 left in regulation time. Mike Smith save the game for Jiffy Lou. Be wise, winterize. Smith, uh, 17 stops tonight. Oilers outshot the Ducks, 32-21. Anaheim wins 4-3 in overtime. Sonny Milano scored twice, including the winner. McDavid, three assists. He was in the penalty box for the overtime goal. Athanasio a goal and an assist. Ennis, a goal and an assist. Dreisaitl also scored. The Oilers are 33-22 and 8 on the season. They're two points behind Vegas. first in the Pacific Division. They play Vegas tomorrow. A few texts here. uh, That was not a penalty in overtime. The other player was falling before McDavid touched him. Another texter says, uh, three-on-three if a player goes down. It's a three-on-two the other way. That might not be called five-on-five in regulation, but should be in overtime. And CJ in Sherwood Park says, uh, why is it that Ryan Getzlaff can go around whacking, hacking, slashing, and cross-checking and not getting a penalty? His style of play is absolutely and totally disgusting. Ryan Getzlaff, I would say the most... The, currently, the most hated players by Oilers fans, I would say Kachuk's probably become number one. Yes, I would say Getzlaff, Perry, and Kessler are still in that group, even though Kessler even playing. They've kind of. Well, I'm saying over the last. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Seven to ten years, even though they've all kind of. Perry's in Dallas now. Um, yeah, I think they would be. Th- the those most would be hated. probably the top four. I'm sure there's. I'm sure, there's, I'm to to sure
3: we'll get a text or two probably, from
2: other people that. Yeah. But I think Chuck shot the number one if he wasn't because of this year, if he wasn't already there. That's
3: why it would be so much fun if Calgary and Edmonton play in the playoffs. Yeah, just be the emotion, good.
2: yes. be pretty good. Abbas is on the line. Abbas, go ahead.
7: Hey, what's up, guys? Not much. That was an amazing game. I'm just surprised how the Oilers, you know, they weren't in the game, but they picked it up in the, in the second and third. But I'm amazed at uh, Leon all. My first question is, um, how many goals do you think Leon Drysaddle will score before the playoffs? Oh, that's almost, a good question. Oh, sorry, he's I'm, almost at hundred. Oh, how many oh, he's points? almost at
2: 100 points. Yeah, he'll get 100 points. He has 99 How many now. games do they have? 19 left? They have 19 left. This was his 37th uh, goal. It's I'm going to say 125 he will have. 125 points. That's my prediction. Oh, wow. 26 points in, oh, yeah, 26 points in 19 games. Mm-hmm. He can do that. Yep. All right. Andreas Athanasiu, first game as an Oiler. He got the tying goal. Here he is.
0: I mean, uh tough one a little bit of, you know like like Leon said there is a little bit of a tough start there but you know I think uh, showed a lot of heart coming back there and you know sticking with it and you know getting that point obviously everyone's huge and I think we wanted the W and uh And We got another one tomorrow, so we just got to come out and be ready for puck drop. Your line was, uh, you know, I would say probably a slow
6: start to like the team, and then put it together, started to really pressure the last two periods. What changed? Did it take some time? How does that work?
0: I think it's just getting used to, you know, your line mates and where they are on the ice and trying to get in a feel for them. And, you know, it's trying to, you know, when you step into a game like that and, you know, you got to build chem as quick as possible. And obviously, unfortunately, it was a little bit of a slow start, but you know, I think if we take the positives out and, you know, come out tomorrow ready to play off the bat and, you know, I think things are looking good. What's the, the one thing that sort of
1: you notice or that's any different about playing with, with Connor McDavid? Is there anything that stands out?
0: Well, he's, you know, the best player in the world. So it's, uh, you know, he makes the game uh, you know pretty easy out there when you, when you play with him and, you know, he's, you know, he controls, you can see how he controls the game and, you know, it's just a lot of fun to play and you know it kind of strives everyone to you know push and work hard when you see how hard he's working so it's um, obviously it's uh, it's a lot of fun to play with him for sure. All
2: right, that is double A as he's come to be known quickly here in Edmonton goal and assist for him tonight where there's 4-3 in overtime. Let's check the scoreboard here Rob for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals or new and used semi trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Calgary 152 In Boston, important win for them. Also, Panthers beat the Coyotes 2 1. Coyotes uh, are in tough here. Canucks get an overtime win 4 3 over the Canadians. Flyers beat the Sharks 4 2. Maple Leafs win in Tampa Bay 4 3. See, they do better when it's a real goalie and not (laughs) an emergency goalie. Rangers beat the Islanders 4-3 in overtime. Stars over the Hurricanes 4-1. The Jets lose in a shootout 4-3 to the Capitals. Devils knock off the Wings 4-1. Blues outscore Chicago 6-5. Predators beat the Senators 3-2. Minnesota over the Blue Jackets 5-4. Minnesota still trying to hang around in that playoff race. Oil Kings beat Winnipeg 10-1 in their hockey hooky game. Dylan Gunther. Outstanding player. Got a hat trick.
3: He is going to be a very good player in the Western Hockey League. He is going to be a good player in the National Hockey League as well.
2: Raptors lost 108-97 to they, Milwaukee. Yeah,
3: Milwaukee cheated.
2: <laughs> they, what, what did they they? got the Greek
3: freak. They astroed. They astroed. That's what That's they did. That's now become a verb. That's very <laughs> interesting.
2: All right, we have Jamie on the line. Go ahead, Jamie.
7: Hey, guys. How's it going? Quite well. Uh, read right on I uh, I don't know why I just, I hate to kind of do this, but uh, like for some reason the last few games, just the eye test, I'm um, watching Nurse like he just seems to be not pressuring the guys when he should, and offensively he's getting like like not so much tonight, but he's getting these clear cut like grade A chances, and he's just not finishing, and I'm just like. And I uh, obviously I know the the coaching staff got him kind of got bare a little power play time but I just I feel like he's really struggling and he's costing us some chances and you know I know he's a he's a uh, core piece here but I'm just wondering can we lower his minutes a bit
3: the problem once the, Clef gets back well Clef bombs back he will but right now the left handed guys are Jones and mm-hmm. Lagason so I mean it's a big drop off after Darnell Nurse as far as uh, who's going to pick up more minutes as a left-handed D man. As for offensive opportunities, Darnell Nurse I, I he, offense isn't his game. That's not why he's in the National Hockey League. He doesn't have the same offensive IQ as a Bear or a clef bomb or a Green has, but right now he's had to play in that position uh, because of the injuries to Klefbom. Right now their left side the left side is a little Uh, weaker without Clefbaum in it. And you got two rookies are the only other options on the left side right now. So that's why Donnell Nurse's minutes have been 25 and plus ever since Clefbaum went down.
2: Thanks, Jamie. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose four uh, three in overtime. Let's go back to Anaheim one more time. He blasted home
5: another goal tonight. It's Leon Draisaitl. Tyler was saying that the start needs to be a little bit better. You guys were able to squander a point, but a little disappointing with how tight the division is right now.
1: Yeah, obviously would have liked to get that second point, but um, yeah, we just got to you know, full game just needs to be better. Um, you know, obviously a couple of new faces, so there's got to be <coughs> Sorry, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment time, but um, We got to keep that as, as small as possible. Um,
5: you know, we can't can't lose any points here uh, down this stretch. So um, Yeah, we, we just have to be uh, better. Of course, you can nitpick the start, but a lot of positives in in your guys's comeback efforts uh, down by two. None of you guys that off the gas pedal, that must be a positive you can work towards uh, tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. We just got to start that way, um, like the other guy said. Um, yeah, we just
1: have to be better tomorrow.
2: All right, a little bit there from Leon Dreisaitl as the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Anaheim Ducks. A quick timeout. We'll get Tony in on the open line in a second here. Overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Ford. 4-3 overtime loss for the Oilers. They're 33-22-8 and eight on the season. 1-1, one and one with the, or I guess 1-0-1, pardon me, with a game to go on their three-game road trip. That's tomorrow against the Vegas Golden Knights. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the 6.30 Ched studio. Are you teaching tomorrow?
3: I am. I'm on the ice in St. Albert, uh, 8 a.m. by St. Albert Sports Academy what every day. Te-
2: what are you teaching these kids?
3: Um... Celebrations, where to go after the games. <laughs> oh, jeez. i um, you sign
2: autographs autograph.
3: Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow well, in the mornings, it's all elementary. I think I'm with the grade fours tomorrow morning, and in the afternoons, I'm with uh, junior high. You
2: see this Alfonso Davies play? The kid from Edmonton, sprinting down the left side, setting up a player for a goal. He's, he's a heck of an he athlete. He can
3: play. Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't know about you. I follow all Canadian athletes, no matter what sport they play. When they get to the elite level, whether it's snowboarding or ski cross or basketball, or uh, Canada's got some pretty incredible athletes. And I know there's, I read an article today that kind of made me sad, that right now there's a two-month mu- two window to whether or not the Olympics are a go because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And to me, it would be just so disheartening to all these athletes wow, if it gets canceled. Because you, I mean, these aren't these aren't million-dollar
2: athletes. And, th- and a lot of times, their funding drops off. Athletes. Oh, absolutely.
3: And you got to think too, if 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 it's pushed away, I mean, they, there's a shelf life on an athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is some of them are at their peak. So I, I hope that uh, they get the coronavirus. F- fix for a lot of reasons but also the olympics are a but i'm a huge fan of canadian athletes and he's a great young soccer player
2: all right here's one of the all-time greats tony on line one go ahead tony
8: thanks i appreciate that <laughs> um i got a few i got a couple of comments um so a tennessee was brought in basically to be a winger for mcdavid Ennis was brought in to basically just be death because we really didn't have much and the fact that we, we are right now. The lines that I was wondering, once everybody gets healthy, you know, once Yamamoto gets healthy, once Neil gets healthy, once Clefong once, uh, gets healthy, is would you put Cassian on the first line with McDavid and AthenSU and would you by any chance maybe move down like... The, the fact that we got so much depth right now is kind of confusing because I'm wondering where all these players are going to go like I can get I, I can guarantee you right now Yamamoto's going to go back on the second line with Nuge and Jai Seidel. Sure. So, first line is going to be McDavid, SNSU, and maybe Cassian. but where would you put the rest of these guys because Neil playing third like...
3: Actually I don't think would- Neil would be third line. I think if everyone was healthy right now, Neil would be on the fourth line. Okay. Um I think I oh. think I this is just my guess. If everyone was healthy and to and today and tomorrow's games didn't happen, I think the first it would have been AA with McDavid and Cassian, Trisotto, Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, Ennis or Nygaard playing with Shane and Archibald, and then the fourth line would have Neil with Haas and
2: Ennis or Nygaard. Those so would be the chase, lines. Where's Chase on? Chase on wouldn't be in the lineup. So you'd have Chase on P. Russell and Kara as scratches? Yes, that's what I think. Now,
3: having said that, uh, Ennis had a great game tonight playing with Connor McDavid. Tomorrow, he gets one more shot before Cassian is is back from suspension. If that line tomorrow plays as well as they did today, that throws everything into uh, the blender. I mean, now all of a sudden you say, well, how do you split up this line? So there was a great opportunity for Double-A and Ennis for two games because connor's regular right winger was still suspended so they had an opportunity to prove that they're both capable of playing there i thought mcdavid looked really good with those two players and if those two players are capable of having another good game in vegas against a team that they're gonna have to go through in the playoffs then you might want to keep them together so nothing is set in stone and every game you have an opportunity that's why you you never want to get kicked out suspended sick injured those things because so someone may take your spot and all of a sudden when you come back they've done a better job than you had
8: there, and there is and because i was kind of arguing with a friend of mine earlier because they're an Oilers fan and they've been they've been talking about oh you know what happens if we don't make it what are the chances are well, they very some of us not making it oh no, there's or? still there's obviously oh, chances chance.
3: there certainly is a chance that the others don't make the playoffs they have to continue to play well uh they they the thing that is different between a number of other years for the Oilers, they control their own destiny. They're in a playoff spot right now, so if they play with how they're capable of playing, they'll be a playoff team.
2: They have, they have 74 points. If they get another 20, they should be in. If they get 22 or more, you know, you get the 96, 97, you, you will be in.
3: If they're If they're one game over 500 going in, they're in for sure. So that should not be too hard for them to get but they still have to play the games to do it.
2: All right, Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Ducks. Get more on 630 chetcom and globalnews.ca. Tomorrow, Oilers now from noon to 2. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 7. A couple of Edmonton Oil Kings are coming into studio. The face-off show tomorrow is at 7. The game's at 8.30 as the Oilers take on the Golden Knights. Edmonton and Vancouver, two points behind the Knights for first in the Pacific Division. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a good night.
1: Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.